Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the criminal trial stemming from the tragic death of Ahmad Arbery, a 25-year-old black man who was pursued by three white men, Travis and Greg McMichael and William Roddy Bryan, and was eventually shot to death by one of those men, Travis McMichael. With verdicts of guilty rendered against the three defendants, we continue our complete coverage of the trial from gavel to gavel. On today's episode, we examine the testimony of two witnesses, Larry English, the man who owned the unsecured property where Ahmad Arbery was spotted on several occasions, and Robert Rash, the Glynn County police officer who investigated Mr. English's reports of a trespasser on the property and who also discussed the trespasser with defendants Greg and Travis McMichael. We will bring all of that to you right after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On November 11, 2021, the state played for the jury the deposition of Larry English, the owner of the under-construction property at 220 Satilla Drive, where Ahmad Arbery was spotted, first in security videos by the owner, then in person by Travis McMichael, and finally on February 23, 2020, by neighbor Matt Albenzi. As the trial approached, Mr. English was in very poor health and was also awaiting a possible organ transplant, so the court allowed a deposition recorded on September 24, 2021 to be presented in lieu of his direct testimony. During the course of that deposition, we hear recordings of several of the calls made by Mr. English to the Glynn County Police Department regarding trespassers on his property. On the day after Mr. English's deposition was played, the state called Glynn County Police Officer Robert Rash to the stand. Officer Rash spoke with Mr. English on multiple occasions about trespassers and possible thefts on the property, and later responded to Travis McMichael's 911 call from that property on February 11, 2020. During the course of his testimony, we will hear the audio recording from Officer Rash's body camera when he responded to that call. In this episode, we will cut between the two witness testimonies and track the evidence of the exact nature of Mr. English's concerns about his property and how those concerns reached defendants Greg and Travis McMichael. We begin with Mr. English speaking to prosecutor Paul Camarillo. Because our audio is from a recorded deposition that is being played in court, it is sometimes difficult to understand. We will try to clarify key pieces of the testimony or the evidence when necessary. Mr. English, whose primary home is in Douglas, Georgia, about two hours' drive from his under-construction vacation property in Satilla Shores, first states that his decision to install security cameras on the Satilla Shores property was prompted by a neighbor's report about kids on the property. Uh, Mr. Wade contacted me and mentioned that he thought he'd seen the boys from across the street, maybe over there playing, and that concerned me for a couple of reasons. I mean more or less for their safety rather than somebody stealing something because the water on that board tide is very swift they're, they're very dangerous so at that point i uh, got some cameras put up to kind of keep an eye on it. 
Mr. English says he was concerned for the safety of the neighborhood kids who were playing on the property. Prosecutor Camarillo next asks the witness about how he monitored those cameras. And how would you be able to monitor the cameras when you were not physically on the property? I could pull up on my phone and I could actually look at it manually at any point in time, or it would give me a notification on my phone that if activity was going on the property, it would notify me. What are some other examples of people coming and going on your property during the daytime? One of the main things that pops in my mind is the kids who come over there, they get a couple of people would have a bicycle ramp built out of it, and that's what they were doing with it. I mean, the plywood was scrap piece of plywood, 50 cent a piece. I didn't ever bring it to anybody's attention. After Mr. English explains how neighborhood children use the property and how he could monitor the property with an app on his phone showing images from the security cameras, Prosecutor Camarillo then sets up Mr. English's first call to the Glynn County Police Department. At some point, when you had these cameras up around the construction site, did you have folks come onto your property at nighttime? Yes. This first call by Mr. English to the Glynn County Police Department is on October 25th, 2019. Prosecutor Camarillo then asks Mr. English to offer context for that 911 call. And in that call, you were, you used the word, um, plundering around. What, what do you mean by that? I'm just looking around, and just, you know, checking things out. Did you ever see that person take anything that night? No. Did you ever see anything in his hand, bag, or flashlight, or any sort of things on him? No. I think you said it looked like he may be doing drugs or drinking or was on some something like that. Is that correct? Yes. You don't know him, right? No. And you didn't know him that night? No. So you don't actually know if he was taking or using drugs. Is that correct? No. What led to that is me and my wife both looked at the video. And when he come back up the ramp from the floating dock mm -hmm. down for the water run swift, mm -hmm. looked like he was a little bit disoriented. But afterwards, I, you know, that was a spur of moment call. Sure. Afterwards, I get to thinking about it. When you look at these videos, it looks like there's light shining. But in reality, it's dark. Those are infrared recordings. After I get to thinking about it, it could have been dark. Maybe he was kind of feeling his way around rather than staggering. And that made me more concerned because it's dangerous. And Mr. English, you called 911 based on him being there, correct? Yes. Okay. But what did you want to happen to that person? I wanted to hopefully the victim would find him and talk to him, maybe tell him not to be there anymore. Because you didn't want him on your property, right? No. 
Mr. English says that he initially thought that the trespasser may have been intoxicated, but when he later realized that the security footage was infrared, he came to believe that the trespasser was actually walking unsteadily because it was very dark on the construction site. We now shift over to Prosecutor Linda Dunikowski's questioning of Officer Robert Rash, who was called out to Larry English's Satilla Shores property. Dunikowski begins by asking the officer to offer details about the site. And describe that location. It's a, um, at that point in time, it was a house under construction, uh, no doors, no windows, uh, partial siding on the house. Um, that you could um, see through the house all the way through, looking through the front window out through the back into the, the river area. Okay. And did he, in fact, text you um, some video? Yes, ma'am, he did. And just describe generally what that video was of. It was video of his property. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was on two outdoor cameras, one on the dock, one on the front corner of the house, showing a, a what appeared to be a light-skinned black male walking around on the property, walking around on the dock. And that night, did you ever see that light-skinned black male again? Never saw him again, no. And at that point in time, was there a report of anything actually taken from Mr. English's property? No, ma'am. And when you saw that video, the young man that you saw on the video, did he have a backpack or any sort of bag with him at that time? No, ma'am. He had nothing in his hands. We now shift back to Paul Camarillo's questioning of Larry English, where he establishes the next instance of Mr. English calling the Glynn County Police. On the night of November 17, 2019, English got an alert with a security image of a white male and a white female on the property. Mr. English, do you recognize what this is a clip of? I do. Okay, what is the clip of? That's a white male and female that came onto the property in, in the night. Camarillo then plays English's call to the police. Again, the quality of the audio is poor, but we will try to clarify key elements. Yes, sir, I need to report uh, somebody's on a piece of on property at 220 Satilla Drive in Brunswick. There's somebody there now, a male and a female, white male and white female couple there that's went up under the rock. We had uh, some stuff stolen about a week and a half, two weeks ago there. To recap, English was reporting on a white male and a white female on his property. The male was slender and had a baseball cap on. His belt appeared to be unbuckled, and English would later presume that he had just used the porta potty on the site. He thought that they might be trying to steal electronics out of the garage area. 
I think you said during that call that you had some stuff stolen about a week and a half ago to two weeks ago. Did you ever make a formal police report about that fact? No. And why not? Well, didn't really 100 percent know where it happened at. I didn't make a formal police report or I didn't uh, try to collect on my, my insurance I had on my body. Next, we present an excerpt of defense attorney Bob Rubin's cross-examination of Larry English regarding this white couple who were caught by Mr. English's cameras on his property on November 17, 2020. What you told the dispatcher is they're in the garage where stuff was stolen. Yes. That's what you did know. That's what I said. Okay. And at the time, that's what I believed. And you thought... Maybe they're homeless? Yes. This couple? Yes. The guy's belt was un unbuckled, right? Yes. He'd come from the direction of the porta potty. Maybe he had just used your porta potty? Yes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Next, we move on to Larry English's third call to 911 regarding a trespasser on his Satilla Shores property. This was on the very next night after he called the police regarding the white couple's intrusion. We begin with the 911 call. And there's somebody back over there on the property in the night. At night, it's a black male wearing, not wearing a shirt, got tattoos on his arm, and a pair of like maybe black colored shorts. The same guy that was over there about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Prosecutor Paul Camarillo asked Mr. English to offer context for that call and shows the witness some security footage. Mr. English, you obviously made a 911 call that night because you saw somebody on your property, is that right? Yes. You said you sent the clip to Officer yes. Powers. Yes. You ever doing that? Yes. Okay. What is this? A clip of. It's a clip of a gentleman walking around in my garage. Do you remember anything being taken from your house that night of this clip? No. Did you ever see the gentleman with anything in his hands? No. Or on his person? No. In the 911 clip that we have played, you said that it looks like he was up to no good. Do you know? Do you remember why you said that? No. And on this night, did this person ever? cause any damage to your property or disturb anything no. that you were seeing? And you never spoke to this person that night, right? No. Did you ever tell this person anything about whether he could come and go on, his, on your property? No. Do you know if the police ever found him that night? I don't think they did. Prosecutor Linda Dunikowski covered this same incident in her questioning of Officer Robert Rash, who was assigned to respond to Mr. English's 911 call. So this is about a month later, you get a call, did you respond to that location? Yes, ma'am. What did you find when you got there? 
nobody in sight. The unidentified black male, same one from the previous October 25th incident, was nowhere to be found. Did you see the video? Yes, ma'am. Did you see him take anything? No, ma'am. Now, at this point in time, October 25th and November 7th, November 18th, you're talking to Larry English over the phone? Yes, ma'am. And what is it that Mr. English wanted you to do? Find out who he was and why he kept coming onto the property. After Officer Rash spoke with Larry English, he then called Greg McMichael, whom he knew to be a neighborhood resident and a retired member of law enforcement. Responding to a question from Prosecutor Dunikowski, Officer Rash explains the nature of his communication with Greg McMichael about the trespass reports from Mr. English. We uh, spoke, uh, talked to him in reference to the, the unidentified black male down at 220 Satilla Drive. Um, I told Mr. McMichael that I had somewhat canvassed the neighborhood, talked to different people, nobody knew who he was. And at that time, Mr. McMichael asked me to pass on his phone number to Mr. English and that he was lives right down the road if he had needed him to call him. And that's when I sent the text to Mr. English that Greg McMichael was a retired police officer and an investigator from the district attorney's office. Did you deputize Greg McMichael? No, ma'am. Okay. No, ma'am. Did you give him any authority to act as a police officer? No, ma'am. All right. My goal with that sending that text was Greg has training and experience. He would know the pertinent information that the officers would need to know once they arrived on scene to possibly catch the intruder or the trespasser. She wanted him to be a witness. Yes. To get this guy identified. Yes, ma'am. The subjects of Mr. English's November 18, 911 call and the connection to Greg McMichael was raised with Mr. English by defense attorney Bob Rubin, representing Travis McMichael. Rubin first asks Mr. English about the trespasser captured in English's security footage on that night. This is November 18th. The black male has no shirt on. Did that concern you? No. You normally walk around without a shirt in mid-November at night? I don't know. Okay, you said no shirt and light-colored shorts? Yes, the black and white is in gray camera, but it looks like light-colored shorts. And tattoos, the same guy that was over there about a week and a half, two weeks ago. So you recognize him as the same guy there the first time that you called 911? He looked very similar. And in fact, no. He had tattoos, right? Yes. Twisty hair? The best I recall. In fact, you say it looks like he's up to no good. I mean, what other conclusion could you have drawn, right? Right. You said he is seen in the neighborhood on three different cameras. And you testified on direct exam. You're not sure whose cameras those were? I don't. I, I really don't remember. Saying out of where I got that from, um, I knew there was more people in there than the and, and you're not lying to the dispatcher when you say that, right? I, I don't consider myself being lying. Well, you never intended to lie to the police, right? I have no motivation to. To a dispatcher? No. Right. To a neighbor about what was happening at your house? No. You never purposefully said anything untruthful? No. Okay. By the way, on the 18th, you don't know where this guy went, 
the blackmail that came on your property kind of disappeared without you really seeing where he went, correct? So just because you have the cameras doesn't mean you see everything around your house when someone's in there. And the frustrating part was at this point now, three times, your property's been violated, people been coming on your property, and you still couldn't get a police there, the police officer there in time to catch him, in time to talk to him. Yes. Or given a trespass warning or anything. Yes. Right? Ruben then pivots to rehashing with English why Officer Rash connected him to Greg McMichael. And he says if you catch someone on your cameras, call him. Because he can get there like that. Yes. He only lives a couple houses down. Yes. Right? Is it uh, two houses or three houses down? They've been a house between my house and you. So it's, it's Kenny Wade and then Diego Perez. Right. So he can get there quicker than Officer Rash or Officer Powers. Yes. And getting there quickly is important to you. Right? Yes. Because three times now, twice one guy and once this white couple have come on your property and the police have responded quickly, but not quickly enough to catch them. Yes. We now move on to the incident on February 11, 2020, where Travis McMichael called 911 after seeing a man on Larry English's property, matching English's previous descriptions of the black male captured in his security footage. Officer Rash was dispatched to Satilla Shores that night and testifies under direct examination by Prosecutor Dunikowski about what he found when he arrived at that scene. And when you got there, was the unidentified uh, black male present? No, ma'am, it was not. Both Greg McMichael and Travis McMichael were on scene? Yes, ma'am. Were they armed? Uh, I, I cannot say for sure if they were armed. I know there was, uh, I believe, I believe they told dispatch something to dispatch about having guns, but I did not physically see them openly brandishing guns. Okay. Do you recall them telling you that they put their guns up? Uh, it may have it. And while on scene, were you able to review that particular video that Larry English sent you that very night, February 11, 2020? Yes, ma'am. He sent it to me while I was on scene. And who'd you show that to? I showed it to, uh, I'm almost certain I showed it to both Greg and Travis. All right. And when you saw it, was the young man, did he have a bag or backpack or anything on him? Uh, no, ma'am. Did you see him take or steal anything? No, ma'am. Prosecutor Dunikowski then plays audio from Officer Rash's body camera recorded when he arrived at Larry English's house on that night. Initially, it's hard to distinguish between the voices of the men on the scene. We pick up the audio as Greg McMichael is describing to Officer Rash where his son, Travis McMichael, last saw the trespasser. When Travis got down there, he ran in the house and told me. And I ran out front. He was looking for a flashlight and all that kind of shit. And so I was watching down here the whole time. I didn't see anybody come across the street. So he had to go behind the backyard. Yeah. That, that or else he, when, when Travis turned around, he could have come across behind him and, and he wouldn't have seen him. In this next part of Officer Rash's body camera audio, we hear Rash call Larry English on his cell's speakerphone. Uh-huh. Mr. English. How you doing, Officer Rash? Good. How you doing, sir? I guess you I'm see hanging hang in there. I, I'm sorry if it's a false alarm. I sent a video. I don't know if y'all was able to get it or not. Okay, uh, you sent it to me? I sent it to uh, Diego, but I will send it to you. That I didn't know if you was the one that was over there, but I'll send it to you. No, send it to me. I'm on duty tonight. No. We've okay. uh, There's five or six of us here along with the neighbors, and we haven't seen it. We've searched everything, so thinking of, I think, 
Travis here said he went out, went run into the house. So he went out yeah. back. He's jumped the fence somewhere, went right or left. But we looked all on the dock and in the camper, you know, under the camper, around the camper. We looked all up in the rafters and everything. An okay. officer even got on the ladder and looked up there to see if he was on top of around the air handler, any of that up there. Okay. Uh, no signs of him here. They're they're canvassing the neighborhood right now, trying to find him. So. Um, Officer Rash then explains to Larry English who is there on the property with him. Mr. McMichael lives down the road, the retired uh, law, law enforcement officer and the, the DA investigator. Uh, his son saw him and um, said, you know, the black male had on uh, red shorts or whatever. I had to go back over there and get exactly what he had on. But um, he saw him and turned in your yard, put the headlights on him, and he run in the house. He saw him run through the house. So. We just don't know who he is. Officer Rash ends the call with Mr. English, with English promising to forward the security video recorded by his system that night. Rash then addresses the assembled neighbors, including Greg and Travis McMichael. Yeah, nobody seems to know who this kid is, where he's coming from. But like, he's always, and all the times on the video that Mr. English just sent me, he's sending me one now, it's always been just in there plundering around. He hasn't seen him actually take anything. I said, so, you know, it's criminal trespass. Yeah, 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 very least. So, ordering well, a prowling. I had it reported and stolen yeah. on the first right down the road. The last voices you just heard were Greg McMichael suggesting that the intruder had committed criminal trespass and Travis McMichael referencing the gun that he had reported stolen on January 1 of 2020. Prosecutor Dunikowski asks Officer Rash to unpack those last moments of the recording. So while you were standing and talking um, about Mr. English, Mr. Greg Michael and Travis Michael were both standing there. Yes, ma'am. All right. And you indicated that Mr. English has sent me. He's sending me one now. It's always been just in there plundering around. He hasn't seen him actually take anything. Yes, ma'am. All right. He hasn't actually seen him take anything. You say this to Greg and Travis Michael. Yes, ma'am. And what does Greg Michael say? His response was, um, it's criminal trespassing. And what do you say? Yeah, yeah, very least. Or, or so, loitering, I also mentioned uh, possibly loitering and prowling. Travis McMichael's attorney, Bob Rubin, then questions Officer Rash about this incident on Mr. English's property. You're approaching Greg McMichael, Travis McMichael, telling them English has just confirmed it's the same guy who's been breaking into the house on multiple occasions. Yes. Or entering, not breaking in, trespassing on the property, yes. Trespassing, but stuff's missing. Not by this guy. Ruben concludes his questioning of Rash by returning to a recurring theme in his defense of Travis McMichael. Officer Rash, between February 11th and February 23rd, you never saw this black male. Never. Never able to catch him. No. Despite being out there within minutes, right? Yep. And when seconds count, sometimes minutes don't work. True. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. That's all I had now. Defense attorney Franklin Hogue then questions Officer Rash. Hogue zeroes in on what Officer Rash told Hogue's client, Greg McMichael, about what was happening on Larry English's property. After rehashing some of Rash's earlier testimony, Hogue asks, And then you discussed with him that the owner of the house had indeed had expensive items stolen from a boat that was parked at that house sometime in October. 
or November of 2019, right? I don't remember the exact date, but I do recall telling him that there was items, had been items missing from the boat. And you let him know that what you were doing, you were trying to identify the people in these videos so that you could get help from the neighbors to solve the crime. Yes. When you were asked about trespassing out somebody, that's where a homeowner would tell you, hey, if you catch the guy and the homeowner wants you to just tell him, don't come back over here anymore, that's what you would do, right? Absolutely. Now, isn't it also true if you catch the guy and the homeowner says, well, he may be the burglar, burglar, would you investigate it further for me? You would do that too, wouldn't you? At that point in time, there not had been a crime reported. There was no report made by Mr. English of a burglary at his residence. That concludes this episode of Jury Duty, The Killing of Ahmaud Arbery. Join us on our next episode as we continue our examination of the state of Georgia's case against Travis and Greg McMichael and William Roddy Bryan. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, produced, and hosted by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. Our consulting producer is Paul Butler. It was co-produced and edited by Chris Tarakon. Music was provided by Strike Audio. Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Killing of Ahmaud Arbery. <laughs>